When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Run the Table podcast powered by Pro Football Network. It is Wednesday, October 12th, which means we are getting ready for the start of week six with Thursday Night Football right around the corner. And uh, hopefully we get a better matchup this week, which I think that's setting the bar pretty low for the for what we got to clear as the uh, Chicago Bears take on the Washington Commanders. I'm Tommy Garrick, Senior Fantasy Analyst here at Pro Football Network. Joining me today is Mr. Ian Warden, Fantasy Analyst here at the PFN. You can find him over at NFL Film Study over on Twitter. Ian, what's your uh, what's your excitement level for this game on a scale of like one to ten? Like, how how are we feeling? Well, I think normally I would probably be like a two because it's still football, so I'm happy about that. However, I'm a little bit more excited because it's not Broncos Colts. And I think that this game might be better, even though it's going to be billed as worse. I mean, we have Carson Wentz playing, which means there's going to be some sort of exciting plays, whether it's good or bad or both. Carson Wentz is a roller coaster of emotions. Like you never know what's going to happen because, like, I think Pat McAfee put a perfect goes on. He's like, he is playing out every play out there like he is just trying to die. Like it is just full go, full send. Screw what happens to my body, and it's. I couldn't be a fan of a team that Carson Wentz is a quarterback of. Uh, my liver would be shot. My emotions would be shot. Like I, w- I couldn't stand it. Um, so yeah, we'll see if uh, I'm sure Jim Irsay is going to have fun after watching what his Indianapolis Colts did last week. If Carson Wentz comes out on prime time and has a good outing, uh, I'm sure we'll see a couple fun tweets out of that one. Uh, but like I said, we do have the two and three Chicago Bears who are come, are coming off of a one touchdown loss, 29-22 to the Minnesota Vikings against the four and one Washington Commanders, which I got to say, I thought they were better than one and four. Um, maybe that's just me uh, sitting there at 21 and 17, maybe just because the play of Carson Wentz is kind of getting a little bit of focus uh, so far this year. But I think what we'll kind of do, we'll kind of start things off with our fantasy football audience, kind of kind of talk about the big thing that we're all kind of talking about right now. That'll be our start-sit decisions for Thursday Night Football. You guys are kind of getting your lineups put together. Don't want to start off on the back foot. We'll start off with Carson Wentz. I think he's going to be the first person we're looking at as a start for this week. And honestly, he's been playing some pretty darn good football this year. And I think a little more than I think a lot of us were expecting uh, but you're looking at a guy who does have uh, three different multi-touchdown games so far this year. Ends up last week passing for just under 360 yards with one touchdown and one pick. Does add 15 yards on the ground on five carries, but it's never been his M.O. to really get anything done on the ground. The matchup, it's it's a good one for him. Chicago, while they are eighth lowest in touchdown rate, they're the seventh highest ex- 
teams going against them have the seventh seventh highest success rate, and they also have the eighth highest EPA per dropback. I think the biggest thing here is the Washington Commanders, second highest in passing attempts, fourth in yards, where they're really vulnerable. This is where Carson Wentz is really going to get done this year is on those deep shots. Chicago is 29th in DVOA against deep passing attempts. We saw what Carson Wentz did last week with Diami Brown, a former 1,000-yard receiver out of North Carolina. He is dealing with a groin injury right now, reportedly. Uh, gets two catches, was apparently enough for his groin. It's a nom, good dude, piece, and just popped off his body. Don't know if he's going to be able to play yet or not in this one. we got to figure out the uh, ups, the uh, the status of Jahan Dotson as well. Ian, kind of what are your are your thoughts on Carson Woods this week? It kind of feels like a high-end kind of QB2, which I feel like we can say for a lot of quarterbacks anymore. Yeah, I think you're right, and you mentioned it. Like It's surprising to see Washington be 1-4 because Wentz has had some really good moments, and we've seen this throughout his career where he, he'll have that game with two or three interceptions and just look like someone who's not an NFL quarterback. But then he's also had four touchdowns in a game, and this team is fifth in the league in touchdown passes. So you know, I don't think it's totally fair to blame everything on Wentz. I know that Ron Rivera this past week, like they asked what's the difference between uh, Washington and their division peers. And he said quarterback and it wasn't what a clown answer. I'm it, sorry. All, what was crazy? That? It's unbelievable. And I don't think he meant it as in like as deadpan as it came across, but it's like the optics on that matter. First of all, you traded for him. So that's a direct reflection on you. Second of all, like you have to clarify to say, you know, what is going on around the quarterback? Your running game is averaging 3.9 yards a carry, my man. Like, Carson Wentz doesn't work on a team when that happens. <laughs> He's a guy who and plays And if you want to blame run. Carson Wentz, that's fine. You can save yourself right now because if you're not playing Carson Wentz, the draft pick you got for your sending to the Indianapolis Colts from is conditional. That third-round yep. pick can turn into a second if he plays over 90% of the snaps this year. So yep. if you don't like him, you can save Just yourself mention. a little bit of problem in the future, but you don't have a better option. Like the fact yeah. that I could literally hear the sound of that bus running over Carson Wentz just infuriated me the other day. It's unbelievable. And I just, I don't, I can't remember a time that we've seen that five weeks into a season. So just kind of strange, but I'm with you. I mean, Wentz, you know, the, this passing offense at 342 yards total uh, last week against Tennessee, it was after a couple of down weeks against some really great defenses. And that just, it just continues to trend. We've seen Carson Wentz play well against average to bad defenses. And he's yep. played poorly against really good defenses. Well, guess what? He's playing a pretty average or bad defense this week. So I like the matchup for Carson Wentz. Yeah, I don't mind him either. Um, and remember, we do have buys this week. So Carson Wentz could be a, a usable bye week fill-in. Tennessee is on a bye this week, as are the Las Vegas Raiders, who were just coming off of a fantastic game on Monday night. Um, even though Devontae Adams literally caught charges, which don't even get me started on that whole situation. Uh, the Houston Texans also have a buy, and so do the Detroit Lions, which I think is good for them because that means they'll be getting back uh, DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown when they come back after the buy. So Carson Wentz could be used as a QB fill-in for you this week. Kind of sticking here with Washington right now. Terry McLaurin is just just disappointing. Uh, between him and between him and DJ Moore, I think Darnell Mooney, we can throw him in there too. Just Just disappointing so far this year. He's a mid wide receiver three. I have a hard time benching him just because I think we do like him. We prefer the Washington side of this matchup, but he's still sitting 36th in fancy points per game, only seeing 15.9% target share with a 28.7% air yard share, which I think to me, that's egregious. 
any time Terry McLaurin is below 23% target share, that's way too low. I understand Jahan Dotson. I understand Curtis Samuel playing well. Just feed Terry McLaurin. That's that's all you got to do on this one. He's going to run a ton of routes against Kendall Venter and Jalen Jones, which I think I love both of those matchups. Jones has more beatable, allowing almost 85% catch rate so far this year and a 101 uh, pass rating win coveraging. Um, See, I do like Terry McLaurin. He's just not that wide receiver two we wish he was. He's more of that mid wide receiver three. And as long as we adjust expectations, it is what it is. Uh, Speaking of adjusting expectations, Curtis Samuel is someone we kind of saw this year. We didn't really know what to expect after an entire missing all of last year because of that groin injury. Curtis Samuel has played well. He's been one of the biggest surprises so far this year. Ends up being one of the better values coming out of drafts so far overall. Um, seen seven more targets in every game so far with only two weeks below 50 yards receiving. Seeing as the wide receiver 20 in fantasy points per game while seeing a 21.7% target share. It, to me, it seems, I don't know about you, Ian, but to me, it seems like Wentz is really going to rely on Curtis Samuel, especially when he might have the best matchup of any wide receiver on both sides of the field. Yeah, and I think that's that's going to be the story of this game, right? As much as I like Kyler Gordon, so looking at the Bears offseason, it was a bit of a mess. Obviously, they have a ton of dead money. It's not a surprise that they haven't been able to produce offensively. But defensively, even amongst their turnover, they did add some really nice talent uh, through the draft. Jaquan Brisker at safety, Kyler Gordon at corner. Those guys, I thought, were going to be guys who could step in day one and really make a nice impact. But Gordon has been struggling. And cornerbacks, especially of any position, it's not a position independent of others. However, mm-hmm. looking at the numbers for Gordon have been so discouraging that I think that you have to play Curtis Samuel. At least you have to consider playing him if you don't have uh, a great flex option this week. So Gordon's allowed 81% of completions to go his way, over 0.5 fantasy points per route run against him, and the real kicker is 2.5 three yards per route covered. He's just Mm. among the bottom of all rankings, of all statistics at the position in the slot. Curtis Samuel, it's one thing that he's a, he's a good receiver, just flat out he's a good receiver. But number two, Washington continues to scheme opportunities for him. He is a priority in this offense, has 12 more targets than uh, Terry McLaurin or anyone else on this offense. He's going to continue to be the wide receiver one in terms of volume. That's horrible news for Gordon if he continues to play at the level that he is. Unless this is a breakout performance for Gordon, this is going to be a really rough matchup. Yeah, and to me right now, nothing in his body of work right now this thing makes me think is going to be a breakout like i i like his trajectory down the road i think he'll be a solid cornerback in the nfl uh i just don't like where he's at right now and he's like i said he's he's going up against one of the better slot receivers in the nfl and teams have been exploiting kyler gordon so far this year right now he's faced the third most uh slot targets and he's giving up the second highest yards per snap that's not good and if i'm washington I've got our big red circle around him every time he pops up on film. I want everyone keying in on where he is, and that's going to be my target on that play, whoever it is. Because um, the Bears are a team that they don't really – they're not shifting corners around too much where they are. They pretty much say, okay, you're playing left, you're playing right, you got the slot. That kind of is what it is. Uh, so at least it makes the matchups a little bit more predictable. What's not predictable is what this Washington backfield is going to be. We've now added Brian Robinson – back into the mix and uh, first of all i'd be remiss if i say like standing ovation brian robinson i was so glad to see him come back there on the field and him coming out to many men by 50 cent it might be 
one of the hardest things I've ever seen. Like, I know they didn't play the lyrics in the stadium, but y'all can go out there on uh, on Twitter. You can find the clip for yourself. You know the song. You know exactly the part that he used, and it fit absolutely perfectly. And not only did he uh, come out there and play well, end up being leading the team in carries, rushing nine times, albeit for just 22 yards with a 29% snap share. Didn't see any production in the, the passing game. That's not entirely surprising i don't think we've ever really projected him to be in the passing game uh but he did see 56.2 percent of the rushing attempts antonio gibson got relegated down only saw 18 percent only had six touches for 39 yards in total i think we go back to the the preseason mindset of brian robinson kind of taking over the rushing share of his backfield and then it's going to be jd mckissick and antonio gibson kind of fighting for the routes last week uh, jd mckissick did have a wide edge end up leading Antonio Gibson in routes run at 52% to 28% and also had a 19% target share to Gibson's 11% target share. So I think my question for you on this one, if you were to rank these three running backs, one through three, how would you kind of distribute these running backs right now and how, what their priority be for fantasy football? Yeah, I I do think this is the fantasy question of the week is how does this work out? How yep. do we see this tri- this trio kind of play out now that these guys are getting more reps? It's not been an overly effective run game either. Is that an Antonio Gibson thing, or is that an offensive line thing? I think we're I know find how out. I feel. Yep, but we're really about to find out now. So I, I'm going with the upside. We talked about this before the show. Is uh, We really had a discussion where do you look at someone like McKissick, where he is consistent. You're never going to get a zero with J.D. Yep. McKissick if he plays his normal role. However... He doesn't have a high upside. He's not a touchdown scorer. So there's value in having him in your lineup, but you really want that guy to get the goal line touches. And I think that's going to be Brian Robinson. I think it's going to be him moving forward. So for me, I want that high upside. I want the guy who's going to give me 20 points, who's going to give me even more than that potentially in the right role. And so looking at this matchup, I I think we're going to start seeing that shift a little bit more. I don't think it's going to be um, Robinson versus McKissick. I think this is Robin versus Robinson versus Gibson. And so I'm going to go Robinson one, McKissick two, because I still do value that floor. I don't want to completely throw that floor out. And then I would say Gibson three until Gibson can kind of prove to us that he's going to be one productive. He's averaging 3.2 yards a carry um, and two be able to beat out Robinson. So until we see that, give me the highest upside possible uh, for my lineup. And honestly, this is what we talked about in the preseason. Like when, when the incident happened with Brian Robinson, when we talked about Antonio Gibson, okay, he is getting life reinjected into himself right now. But the minute Brian Robinson comes back, all bets are on the table. And there was that whole thing of like, if you had Antonio Gibson, if you did draft him, you knew the finite window of his value. And the minute we saw Brian Robinson starting to trend and like he was coming back all these weeks that we've talked about him, pick him up off the waiver wire, stash him in your IR spot because it's not going to cost you anything. Those were also warning shots to people who add Antonio Gibson. Because to me right now, I don't think you can start Antonio Gibson. I don't have, to me, the in, especially in a game like this, where we don't know, like, where we, we're pretty certain it's going to be a low-scoring game. My God, look at the over-under for this one, guys. And let's some we'll get to here in a little bit. We're not expecting a ton of production and a ton of points, opportunities, scoring opportunities. So for me, I've got to go with the reliable option. I think it's going to be Brian Robbins because this is where you win against the Bears. The Bears have allowed the 10th highest rushing success rate, the third highest explosive rushing success rate. They have given up also the second most rushing yards per game and the eighth most fancy points per game to opposing running backs. 
Like to me, this screen's Brian Robinson, and I'm with you. It's JD McKissick. If I'm going to go with the role of anyone who's going to be the pass catcher in this one, I'm going to take him. And especially if they do end up not having Logan Thomas this week, who is currently dealing with an injury, missed last week, last week due to a calf injury, has yet to practice. I think Bates does become a little bit more intriguing as a deeper league um, option, a streaming option if you need it at tight end. But we've seen a better correlation between targets from the running back position and the tight end position to where I think Curtis Samuel can still have success playing the slot. And then we see more of J.D. McKissick kind of helping out with some of those short intermediate passes that might have gone towards a Logan Thomas. So for me, I'm with you. I would go Brian Robinson, J.D. McKissick. And then finally, um, Antonio Gibson. Look at the Chicago Bears side of things. What the hell is going on in Chicago? Like, is this why we don't hire defensive-minded head coaches? And I, I understand, like, Justin Fields has gotten better over the last two games. I think they've given him a little bit more of a leash out there. But you're not throwing the ball enough to make me get excited about any of these players on this team. Uh, for me, honestly, the one player I think is like, I feel comfortable starting is David Montgomery. Returned last week back into the lineup and looked like the primary back when we weren't really sure what was going to happen because Khalil Herbert had played great. They had no reason to do anything other than like a 50-50 split or slowly work Montgomery in, but they've shown us if David Montgomery is healthy, he is the only person we need to care about from the running back position for the Chicago Bears. Played on 72% of the snaps last week. Last week saw 16 touches, totaling 82 yards. Did most of his of his damage in the receiving side of the thing uh, with 62 yards receiving. Handled both of the red zone opportunities because that's one of those things like they don't get a ton of those in Chicago. And we're not expecting a ton of those this week. Washington has been tough against running backs. Along the fourth lowest uh, rushing success rate and fifth lowest rush EPA. They're, they're 18th against receiving back, so I think he might get a little bit more work in the receiving game. Uh, but for me, like I said, Dave Montgomery might be the only person who I feel comfortable starting, and that's going to be including like Darnell Mooney or Cole Komet. What are, your th- what are your thoughts on this one, Ian? He's definitely the guy with the best opportunity week in and week out, and I do think that that part is fascinating because I was with you. I, I was like, well, it seems like this is going to be a 50-50 share, especially with the Bears, like if they keep trending downward. Montgomery's in a contract year. Could we start to see that switch? It would be logical. They even talked about wanting to give Kohler Herbert more reps. And it, yeah, and then we get out in the field, and it just doesn't happen. So it's just it's funny, like how coach speak can be sometimes. Oh. And you know, we saw it with Damian Pierce week one, and then you know they quickly fix things week two. Maybe this is the week where things start to go backwards. But it would be strange to see that regress. It'd be strange to see Herbert now get fifty percent of the carries, or at least at the snaps in general. After you just gave Montgomery such a workload. So I'm with you. I think Montgomery is going to get the most valuable touches. That's what I care about every single game. Who gets the yes. most valuable touches? It's going to be Montgomery. If the passing game continues to flourish, Montgomery is going to benefit just as much as anyone else because there's more space on the field for him to create after the catch. You want to see Darnell Mooney go off if you're a Montgomery fan because that means Don't the defenses me. are going to be moving those safeties back. They're going to be moving the linebackers back a little bit. That's even better for Montgomery. So I'm with you. I don't know that he has a huge game, but I think he has a solid game. And that's all we need a lot of times from our running back two or flex option. And I will take just solid games from Bears fantasy players. I will take that all day long. So far, it hasn't had it. Um, I mean, look at Darnell Mooney. 24.4% target share, 44% of the air yards. But he's seeing 4.2 targets per game. So it doesn't matter. It's been better over the last two. 
5.3 targets, 2.7 receptions, 56.3 yards a game. But when we compare that to the rest of the league, it loses some of its appeal when you add further context to it. So I hope we get something out of him. I think Mooney, we're going to be in that high wide receiver four kind of range. I mean, he's he's a flex option at best. And given how many other breakout wide receivers that, are, that have been out there on the waiver wire these past couple weeks, it's hard for me to recommend starting Darnell Mooney. If you don't have better options, I get it. I'm in leagues where I'm doing that because I went all in on Darnell Mooney. He was one of our favorite breakouts for industry-wide for the most part. Like, we were all kind of looking at Darnell Mooney. Um, so, believe me, it's not just you. Like, we're all we're all dealing with this right now. Same thing with Cole Komet. So, write it out. It's all you can do. I don't want to drop him because he's the number one option on the team. Um, and I can't trade him. So, it's pretty much it's a wasted rock spot right now, and hopefully things improve down the line. Um, cause that's hopefully that starts on, on, on prime time. Lights are brighter. Was that big time players make big time plays and big time games. The, my most hated catchphrase is so cliche, but for once, hopefully it kind of pulls things together. Uh, but are you guys tired of also tracking your bets on messy spreadsheets or not knowing how much you've won or lost? Well, download Pickett, the best bet tracking app on the market. Pickett makes it easy to track your bets, shop the best lines, and connect with a community of avid bettors. Sign up today using code, promo code PFN, sync your favorite sports books, and you can win up to $100 for free. Pickett is 100% free to join and use, so what are you waiting for? Remember, that is promo code PFN365, and you can win up to $100 just for signing up over at Pickett. Kind of taking a look at some of the trends for this game from a betting standpoint, it's it's interesting. Like it's honestly a little, you got to dive into a little bit, kind of get the nuances. So right now, Chicago is um, getting 62, I'm sorry, 82.6% of the money for looking on the money line, but only 63% of the volume, which is a little bit in our trend. And I think that kind of picks back up. If we look towards the spread, Washington right now, who is currently a one point dog, which something we'll touch on here in just a second. They're getting eight, nearly 83% of the money, even though Chicago is getting 62% of the volume. Where there is consensus is on the over-under. The under is absolutely all in line, 69% both the money and the volume, which, Ian, I don't know about you, that's pretty, pretty nice. nice. That's pretty nice. Um, but I was kind of, like, kind of talking about the, uh, the spread here. This is almost a pick'em, because if you look over on Pickett, you can get both of these teams at minus one hundred six on the money line, and you can get both of these teams at plus one dogs. Is as even as it gets. I mean, I'm sure you've had fun kind of diving into this matchup from a betting standpoint. Yeah, we've seen the line move, and we've seen it still stay at each team being a favorite. So I love a good pick'em. I think that that's pretty fair to say. I think it's fair the matchup, yeah. right? Like I could justify it either way. Um, but I do think that when you're looking at the trends of this game, I like siding with the heavy hitters here. Heavy hitters are saying, Hey, Washington's going to win this game. Mm -hmm. And you've got the public looking more like saying, well, no, we like, we like Chicago here. Chicago's got a better record. They're playing a little bit better football lately. But when you look at the strengths and the weaknesses of the teams and the trends of how they're, they're performing, I do actually think Washington has a little bit of the edge here. So you can get Washington plus one. You can take Washington money line, but I think you can take the plus one at your favorite sports book, uh, wherever it's available. If you can get that, go ahead and get the plus one. It's basically for the same odds. 
Um, so I do like that one. The Bears are two, two and one against the spread this year. The Commanders are one and four against the spread as they are overall. I don't love that. Obviously, that's not great because true champions do cover. We don't really care as much about the winners as long as you're covering. So Washington is two and eight straight up in their last 10. So those are concerning things. But you've kind of talked about how these teams match up earlier. And I do think that Washington, this is just one of those matches where they have the more explosive talent. They do have a little bit more of the identity to their offense, too, as far as what works and what doesn't. So I am leaning. I am going to take Washington plus one. But a lot of that was influenced by what we saw off of Pickett. Yeah, I think it's going to be a team ride on this one. I think I'm going to be with you on, on uh, Washington plus one. Um, yeah, like I said, it's, it seems like the public is going the Bears, and you've got a lot of strong money from the Sharps coming in taking Washington. And I'll kind of follow that a lot more times than not. Um, so, yeah, I'll take Washington plus one. Just give me the best odds, whether it's a money line, whether it's plus one. If you're going to give me an extra point for the cushion, I'll take it. Fine. But, I mean, you've got to score one extra point to win anyway. So, it's like there's really no difference here. If it was like plus one and a half, then we're talking about adding some extra things to it. Um, speaking of some other things here, we've got the over-under sitting here at between 38 and 37 and a half, depending on where you look at it. I know Pickett's kind of got the the options all over the place. Uh, do you have a, a lean on this? Because like it's it's hard to take a definitive side on this when the number is just so absurdly low. Yeah, we could definitely see this go either way, right? This could be a 10-3 to 3 super ugly game. Both quarterbacks throw several interceptions, and it's just awful. However... I think it's kind of a sneaky candidate candidate to be a good, bad game. I know they talked about last week. It was a bad, good game. And no, it wasn't. It was just a bad, bad game. This could I was actually say the announcers a- did not agree with you that you could have a good, <laughs> bad game. I think it could, though. I really do. I mean, these are kind of fun quarterbacks. They have some playmakers that are intriguing. It's just not going it's to just be chaotic. great. It's, yeah, it's, it's chaotic. Right. You want chaotic, good Heck, even chaotic bad Carson Wentz is fun. But if you can get some form of some form of chaotic uh, uh, Carson Wentz, you're going to be happy with how this one turns out. I do think that the offenses have the talent advantage, and that is a good sign that we could get the over here. So it's a little bit of a zag for me with the under hitting on 69% of both money and volume. But I like it on this one. Washington's average against the run. You've talked about how the Bears, they are elite on the ground. They could really carve out a nice identity here. Uh, both defenses they have an average weakness and they have an average strength. And I think that once his explosiveness through the air, if it hits, that could be a great thing. We could also be in the first quarter and see something weird, a pick six, a scoop and score. Like these are the teams that are definitely vulnerable to just egregious mistakes that put points on the board and easily push this over. Now, is that something you consider when you think about those weird, odd touchdowns that could potentially happen when you're doing your anytime touchdown props? Absolutely. There's a couple of these that I love. We're getting plus 800 for a Washington defense or special teams touchdown. We're getting plus 900 for Chicago defense or special teams touchdown. I'm definitely sprinkling some action on those. This is just too good to be true. We saw last couple of weeks where Carson Wentz is forcing passes, throwing interceptions. Justin Fields, he carries the ball so often. Would not Mm -hmm. be surprising to see him put a ball on the ground or just throw a bad pick as a young quarterback. That's what happens. Or, you know, maybe Velas Jones, the 40 year old rookie, maybe his bones just kind of get really brittle on a return and maybe something happens where he puts the uh, ball. I hate it when Osio Perez kicks in as a rookie. It just it happens to, to him. It. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he has to overcome a lot. So I he am liking those card and his AARP membership on the same day. <laughs> I actually saw Roger Goodell give it to him when he walked across the stage being drafted. Yeah, here's your shot of prune juice. Have fun. 
I know you've got a couple other ones on here too. Darnell Mooney, anytime touchdown. Just the most logical one from the passing game. If someone's going to get loose, it'd be Darnell Mooney. You can get him at plus 285. Brian Robinson, anytime touchdown. Does seem like the most likely of the any of the running back situations back there. Uh, plus 245. Carson Wentz, uh, over one and a half touchdowns. You get that at plus 145. Done that in, t- in the three of his games so far. And we kind of touched on Logan Thomas uh, with John Bates if they do end up not having Logan Thomas has yet to practice so far this week. We'll have to see. I I say that ahead of the Wednesday injury reports release. He has yet to practice so far as of this recording. But right now, John Bates at plus 600. If you're trying to find some just better odds on the guys that might not be getting as much action as you would normally see. Uh, but do you guys want to win a free $200 this NFL offseason? Well, as a new user on DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet $5 and win $200 by betting on the NFL or college football. All you got to do is head over to profootballnetwork.com and check out our latest betting promos to claim this offer today. Looking at the DFS side of things here, and it's... Uh, is it difficult? I don't know. It's it's one of those where there's no none of these players I feel great about. And I think you can make a lineup in a ton of different ways, but it's like I look at these the money that they're that's from these guys. So it's like um Antonio Gibson, eighty six hundred, but I can go down and get Brian Robinson for sixty six hundred. Like, give me that all day. But then you get to the conversation of Brian Robinson at sixty six or JD McKissick at sixty four. Like there's there's so many different permutations. I think you could go with this DFS league. I know you've got a couple different ones that are listed on here. And we kind of talked about Jahan Dotson earlier as that potential vertical threat and how, how vulnerable the Bears are in this. If you can see Jahan Dotson is going to play in this one, is he someone you kind of take a look at, Ian? He is. He's only fourth in targets, so we're really banking on the touchdowns. He has four touchdowns on the season. He's just been a monster in the red zone. They continually make him a a, a priority, which really stinks for us Terry McLaurin uh, fantasy managers, but it is what it is. He's an affordable scoring threat compared to his peers. Just kind of watch, like you said, did not practice on Monday. We have to see if he's banged up. Um, but I do think that he would be a really nice value because only $5,600, like you really can't beat that value. And we've, trust me, we scrubbed everybody. He's really like the last line of a of a pick that makes sense for someone that can actually get into the end zone. Yeah. And that's, like I said, there's so many different ways you can go with this compared to like on Monday night where it was like the Chiefs and Raiders. Like you knew who you were going with. Like it's Mahomes, it's the Kelsey, it's the Adams, it's Josh Jacobs. Like over here, it's like we don't know who these teams are. And even if we do know, we don't even know like which player is going to really step up. Like I'd love to go Terry McLaurin, but do I really want to pay nine grand for Terry McLaurin in this kind of matchup? Like that's, it's expensive. That's a lot to pay for. Um, it was like last week, the people, the person that won the million, the Millie had both defenses and both kickers. I'm glad we at least recommended the defense because that ended up being one of the plays. And I think we're kind of going back into that same well this week. We talked, you talked about the Chicago Bears defense potentially scoring a touchdown. They're in here again this week at 4K. It's just one of those things you're betting on an interception or a touchdown, some type of turnover of these two quarterbacks. We could see it happening. I think the Bears make sense at 4K. And you've also got a kicker on here, which I think is really interesting. Like everyone in fantasy loves to poo-poo on the kickers and the same thing, like everyone watching TV, the kicker misses. It's the worst thing. Get him out of the league. But believe it or not, there's some good value in some of these guys. I think Cairo Santos, I think you nailed it. Might be a sneaky play a little bit here. He is, especially compared to his his competitor on the other side. So Washington's Joey Sly. He is $200 less but he has only made two field goals in five games. That's all they've attempted. 
It's it's yeah. Washington so doesn't get field goals. Right. It it's either touchdowns or nothing, which is an astoundingly poor process. But Cairo Santos, so he's played four games. He missed one game. He's made seven field goals in those four games, five extra points. He is the surest thing. And we were looking at this price range. Really, the only other options that you would have, and we'll kind of get to them, are John Bates, who we talked about as a potential option because he's a backup. But if Logan Thomas plays, you know, Logan Thomas is $2,200. So and, if, and if Thomas plays at 2200 I think it makes a ton of sense. For sure. He's a play. But yeah. outside of outside of the tight end position for Washington, we're back to looking at defenses. So I think Santos is a really nice value. 4400 You're If you're going to go star heavy, which you almost have to, you almost have to put David Montgomery or uh, Carson yeah. Wentz as your captain if you're playing a captain league. So you're going to have to save money somewhere. And I think Santos is the most obvious guy to really swing your uh, tournament outcome. The other cheap play, he had a touchdown last week on his very first catch. Velas Jones. If lightning strikes twice at 2,600, it makes sense if you're needing that money saving play. I don't see the upside in him really outside of a touchdown, unless they're really just going to like pepper the ball to him. But it's, we're talking about the team that does not want to throw the ball at all this year. So it kind of makes me a little hesitant to really rely on that Bears pass game, especially like we're talking about someone who's, you know, 23 year old special team ace trying to play receiver. It's, it's never going to work out well, but it is what it is. I think that's kind of the the issue just with this game in general. When you have two teams that don't have a, a ton of like really solidified identities on their offense, I think, whether it's how they want to scheme the plays themselves or just the roster construction of itself. There's no real good identities, which makes things, you know, a little bit difficult. But I also want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season, and it is Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em Contest. Just look for your favorite or least favorite player stats and pick whether they'll end up higher or lower than that number in this week's games, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. It is super simple to get started. Just head over to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and sign up with promo code PFN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. But wait. If you deposit $10, you'll also get a free one-month subscription to the PFN Pass, where you can reconnect with the game of football with interactive experiences, proprietary research, and educational courses on the PFN Pass. Remember, that is Underdog Fantasy promo code PFN, and you can get in on the action today. We kind of touched on our general thoughts on this game. I know we were kind of heavy on Carson Wentz earlier. They've got him sitting here at 32.5 passing attempts. And you're rolling with the higher on Carson Wentz. Talk to me about this one, bud. I am, and I don't think it'll be significantly higher. He's been averaging 42 passing attempts per game, so almost 10 higher than what Underdog is giving us. I think I just think that makes sense, right? Like They're not an effective running team. Even if they have the advantage on the ground, they're going to work to establish the run because that's just what they do. But eventually, they turn to Carson Wentz, and they rely on him to make the big plays in the big moments. Definitely think he's going to go higher here. I mean, this is why you trade for a, a primetime player, right? You got to use that's them. That's right. <laughs> God, I hope that sarcasm came through the microphone well. <laughs> Brian Robinson, uh, 48.5 rushing yards, had 22 yards last week in kind of his first action back. Which way are you looking on Brian Robinson? As much as I would love Robinson to go off for 95 yards and just have this monstrous performance, especially on prime time. By the way, he's almost a shoe in to win comeback player of the year. If you look at his betting odds for that, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, that, that award should have been renamed the Alex Smith comeback player award anyway when he came back. If it's not renamed for that, name it after Brian Robinson. 
<laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I mean, he had the second best odds for comeback player of the year, and he hadn't even played a game yet. So, and Christian McCaffrey's doing his thing, and Derrick Henry's yeah. doing his thing. So it's not like that's just a sneeze. It's just just how good these guys are and just how great his story is. But I'm looking on the lower end here, man. 48 and a half. I just don't trust the Washington run game. They're averaging under four yards a carry. If it's anything like last week, Robinson had 2.4 yards a carry and only 24 yard, 22 yards on the ground. I think we're going to be more likely to see that than some explosion. I mean, maybe he gets one big gain and it totally changes everything, but I like the lower there. I'm kind of feeling like a hype boy on this one. I kind of want to take the higher. I really do. It'd be awesome. I think the matchup on this one, the Bears struggle so much against the run defense is where you beat him. If they can give Brian Robinson, if if we're expecting that he does take the full lo- workload away from the most part, away from Antonio Gibson, and they're not splitting carries, then we're looking at 12-plus carries for Brian Robinson against an exploitable Bears defense. I think the hires in play. I really do. Like I said, maybe it's the hype boy part of me that wants him just to play well. I don't know watch Antonio Gibson be a key cog in this thing. I kind of want to go the higher. Like I know this is one of the few times we've ever split on one of these knowing we're in agreement, but I think me is just the trying to be hopeful to a more, more than anything else. I think the smart yeah. play may be your side of it, but yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of just want to go the higher on that one just to and just hope that something could happen. I'm doing it for the karma. We'll put it that way. Uh, speaking of the karma, Terry McLaurin, you got to get whatever you did. You got to fix your karma. Sage, you got to smudge some stuff. I don't know. Or just transfer. Hopefully the NFL institutes that in the league here. Sitting here at 50.5 receiving yards. You've got a couple injuries around him. We're kind of how are we feeling on uh, on Terry McLaurin this week? Yeah, for, for as much as he struggled, he is still averaging a little bit higher than his 50 and a half receiving yard line that we're be- being given this week. 17.2 yards a catch, so he's a big play guy. He's not a volume guy. I wish he was both. He should be both. He deserves that. He should he's be. that type of talent. But I still got to go with F1 going higher here, especially if Dotson and Brown are banged up. I, I just got to trust the talent. That's kind of what it comes up to. You got to give him more. Give him more volume. He deserves it. Great player. Um, it's it's a little bit sad that we're talking about 50 and a half being his receiving line, though. It, it should never be below 74 and a half. Yeah. Ever. Ever below 74 and a half. Um, and that's me being generous. Um, I had the numbers just in a different order. Curtis Samuel at 47 and a half. And no, I actually did not plan that. Um, I think we're both in agreement. It's going to be higher on this. one. We kind of talk about his matchup against the slot. We both love Curtis Samuel this week. So we'll definitely be going with a higher on that one. Justin Fields, 173.5 passing yards, which sorry, it's 173.5, which is laughably low for an NFL quarterback. That that's something we see when an FCS team heads down to Bama for their, Hey, here's your million dollar check to come down here and play in our scrimmage game. Like that's the type of, of passing line that we see here had 174 in week five. Then we saw these upticks in week five, 208 on only 28 combined completions. How are you looking on Justin Fields this week? And what could be hopefully another sign of him turning the corner? Yeah, I am looking at the higher here as well. I'm, I'm buying into it. It's not going to be a high-volume attack. Like you said, the very low completion numbers over the last couple of weeks at 11 and then six, uh, sorry, 15 last week. So they're getting chunk gains, though, and I like that. They're working off the run game. They're starting to learn their identity a little bit more in that passing game. It's never going to be a great one. It's a, I'm not sitting here saying Fields is going to double that number. We don't care. We just need 174 passing yards. I definitely think against this vulnerable defense, it's not a great secondary from Washington. They've been disjointed. They've been average at best. I do think there are going to be some opportunities where you get some yak and you maybe find a big play downfield. 
I think Fields is going to go higher here. I really hope so. I really do. I just want the Bears to, just to get out of the 80s. Like with your with your game right now. Like how many is it? 88 passing attempts so far this year. And yeah. there's a Twitter account I want to I just want to give them a big shout out. It's at Secret Base. They do these Dorktown graphics and they publish one. It is the 22 Bears against every other NFL team over the last 20 years through their first five games. Lowest in the last 40 years. The closest one to them is like the 97 Cincinnati Bengals who had 90. So literally the Bears are just historically low in their passing rate. And then they also have three of the bottom five passing attempt games so far this year throughout the entire league. It's it's honestly remarkable. At some point, just get the ball slinging. This is the passing game after all. Um, I think the last one we'll hear, we'll kind of talk on here for a second. David Montgomery. 18.5 receiving yards, averaging 20, uh, 25 per game. Washington has been allowing 31.4 to their running backs. We are in agreement on this one. The higher on David Montgomery uh, here this week. So I think those should be some pretty good ones for you guys. If you want to, whether you want to go the the two player out for the lower uh, opportunity, or you can go for the full 20 times payout for your uh, for whatever your uh, your buy-in was over there on Underdog. Well, that's going to wrap up today's episode of the Run the Table podcast powered by Pro Football Network. If you enjoyed today's episode of the show, feel free to leave a rating, whether it's on iHeart, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast out. It is always greatly appreciated. Continue to stay up to date with all the latest news around the league by heading over to ProFootballNetwork.com, where you can find all the analysis covering not only fantasy football and betting, but breaking news around the league, college football, and the NFL draft. And remember to get involved with the PFN community. The PFM Pass gives you direct access to the Discord and unlocks exclusive content from PFM Productions, including weekly giveaways and weekly AMAs with the PFN staff, including lineups and waiver wire advice, a Sunday morning start sit, plus even more betting coverage during the week to help fill up that bankroll. And it's also never too early to get involved with your mock drafts for the 2023 season using the PFN MDS, which you can find over at ProFootballNetwork.com forward slash mock draft. You can follow Ian over on Twitter at NFL Film Study and myself at Tommy Garrett PFN. Speaking for Ian, good luck tomorrow, and we'll see you guys on Friday for a jam-packed next episode of the show.